again this morning and turn with me to the book of John, the book of John in chapter 5. We are in this chapter in verses 40 through 47, which the predominant theme of those verses is the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had been telling them and giving them proofs of his deity, of his being God manifest in the flesh, his being the Son of God, his being equal with God. As we said, he'd been testifying to that end. And then he said, because that the witness of one, especially one of himself, one of man testifying for him, in his own behalf, not being credible, not being true, even though it may be true, it wasn't to hold weight in the Jewish courts of law. He presents a list of witnesses. He presents John the Baptist, a man, but a man highly revered among the Jews. And he, then he presents his works, <laughs> the works which the Father gave him to do, the, the works which the Father gave him to finish, to complete. A witness who he was, as well as the Holy Spirit, him being full of the Holy Spirit, which was evident by the works which he did. The witness of the Father himself. Which, by the way, he said, whose word, the word of God, you hear not. You don't believe it. You don't practice it. It's not in you. It's not in your heart. And that word, the scriptures, they testify of me, Moses, the law of Moses, 
and the prophets? They testify of me, Jesus said. And he said, and, and, you, and you read them, you search them, you know them. You can quote large portions of them. You know him as a man knows the back of his hand. He said, and you will not come to me that you might have life. All these witnesses, and you won't come to me that you might have life. Why? Why wouldn't they come? Why won't men come to Christ? With, with all these witnesses and, and, and with the scriptures, the word of God, that tell us of our need and tell us of the Savior. Why won't men come to Christ? Verse 42, our verse this morning begins to explain that to us. He said, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. You won't, you won't believe these witnesses. You won't listen to these witnesses. You won't come to me that you might have life because the love of God is not in you. The love of God was not in their heart. The love of God is not in man's heart today. And therefore, they will not come to Christ that they might have life. Because they don't love God. They don't love his son, the sent one. These Jews to whom Jesus was speaking professed to love God. There's some today who profess to love God, who profess to love the Lord Jesus, but they will not come to him. They will not trust him. They will not believe on him. How, how do we know they don't believe? Because they do not the works which he commands. He, they will not do his words. They will not obey his word and his commands. These Jews, they worshiped, they worshiped faithfully themselves. They thought highly of themselves. These Jews that Jesus is witnessing to, they thought highly of themselves. They worshiped themselves. They worshiped faithfully under the pretense of worshiping God but they worship themselves. 
because they were seeking to worship God according to their means, according to their standards. And so we have men today, men today do the same. They think highly of themselves. And some go so far as to to make a pretense at worshiping God. But they're doing it according to their designs. They're not doing it to according to the word of God. Jesus said in the book of John in chapter 4, they that worship me, worship God, must worship him in spirit and in truth. These Jews knew the scriptures. As we've covered that, they were well versed in the scriptures. They could quote, quote them. Large portions of them. But those scriptures were not in their heart. Was not in their passions. Was not in their desires. For their passions and their desires was to self. And to self-gratification. Where's your desires? Where's your pleasures today? Are they to to self-gratification? To satisfy yourself? These Jews, they were always praying... Jesus said in in, in the book of of Matthew in chapter 6 in this Sermon on the Mount (laughs) that they loved to pray publicly. They loved to pray on the street corners and from the housetops. (laughs) Look at me, I'm praying. I'm praying to God. (laughs) They loved They love to to repeat themselves and and to make long their prayers. Look at me. Look at how how godly I am. Look at the length of my prayer. They did not enter into their closets or into their inner rooms where no one else could see and hear their prayers. But they did as the Pharisee and the publican. They stood on the mountaintop and smote their breast and said, God, I thank you that I'm not like this other fella here. He's a bad sinner. But look at me, how good and holy I am. And that was the substance of the prayer, their prayers. What is the substance of your prayer before God? Is it one of humility? 
one of the worthlessness of self. But God was pleased to choose you, to shower you with his love, with his grace, with his mercy. You who were the lowliest of all creatures, as the Apostle Paul said, he was the chiefest of sinners. And you know the saying, if Paul was chief, I'm right there alongside of him. I'm a close second. They were not ashamed to talk about God. But they really knew nothing about God. They knew nothing about his love. For they knew nothing of compassion. They knew nothing of mercy and love to others. The love of God was not in them. Not really. It wasn't in their heart. They didn't have the love of God shed abroad in their hearts because they were not justified by faith. By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, they did not love, honor, and praise God. Turn with me to the 8th chapter of the book of John. And in sometime in the near, in the future, Lord willing, We'll be in this eighth chapter of John again, or at one point. But Jesus said here to, to these Jews again, these, these Jews, the same class of people, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the elders, those highly religious people. He said, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father... Ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. If God is your father, Jesus said, you'll love me. 
Your loving of me is evidence that God is your father. Look at verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. We already looked at it past couple of weeks that, that, that Jesus said to him, the father witness of me, and you don't hear his words. You don't hear his witness. Here he says, he that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. Are you of God this morning? Do you love God? Do you love his son? Do you love the one whom he sent into the world? Their problem was found in Romans chapter 8. In verse 7, and yes, I know we were there just a few weeks ago, but we'll go there again this morning. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. He said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. There's the crux of the matter. Because their, their mental inclinations, their, their purposes of life are, are fleshly. And that, that fleshly inclinations and fleshly purposes are, are an enemy of God's. They're against God. That was these Jews problem is that your problem this morning are your inclinations your mental inclinations your purposes of life are they fleshly or are they spiritual directed by the Holy Spirit of God The fifth chapter of the book of Romans. He said, he said the saved, those who, who had believed God and it's counted to them for righteousness, they're justified by faith. They, and they have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they have access to God the Father. They have access by faith into the grace which we have of God. Verse 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. 
and patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why doesn't hope make ashamed? Because the love of God, God's love, is set abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is given unto us. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit <laughs> covers the whole body, the whole desires, the whole passions of, of man with, with those desires and passions which are Godward. It's the love of God working in us. We, we love God and, and we evidence we love God by the life which we live. Talked about that some in Sunday school this morning. We no longer live the life that we once lived in sin and debauchery. Now, seek and strive to live a life that is pleasing to God. Why? Because it's he who we want to please and desire to please. Because we love him. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John in chapter 4. First John 4, verse 7 and 8. Beloved. Oh, so he's talking to Sappho. Yes, he's talking to Sappho. Beloved. We're loved of God. Let us love one another. Let us agape, agapo, one another. For Agape is of God, and everyone that loveth agapo is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth agapo not knoweth not God, for God is agape. If you're a stranger to agape love, that's divine love. It's the kind of love that God had for his people. It's the kind of love that Jesus Christ had for, for his people that caused him to sacrifice himself so that we might have the forgiveness of sins. Here he tells us that, that they that love God love one another, love the brethren, love those who are begotten of God. <laughs> Back to the book of Matthew. 
Matthew chapter 15. And look with me here at verse 8. Matthew 15 and verse 8. Here is concerning the householder, the master of the house that went out and in the third hour and he hired workers for a penny and hay and in the ninth hour, sixth hour he did the same, hired workers for a penny a day, penny a day and in the ninth hour and likewise at the eleventh hour, one hour left to work in the day. And he hired some, hires them who were standing around idle. He hired them for the same penny. And those who were hired first thought they should receive more because they had been longer in the work than the, those who were hired the 11th hour and the 9th hour. But they all received a penny. And they thought that was unfair. They thought that was unjust. Christ is our master. God is our master. And he says this, this people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. Are you one that just draws nigh to God by coming to the house of God and making a pretense of, of worship and, and your pretense of worship is false worship because God is not really in your heart? Thought, food for thought. If men loved God, they would receive Christ. Would it not? And that what some of the scriptures that we've read, the gist of them? John the 8th chapter, even 1 John. Turn, turn with me back to 1 John. First John chapter 4, we read verses 7 and 8. Look at verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God uh, toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God manifested his love toward us in sending his son to die for us 
Herein is, is, is love, the love of God for us. We didn't love him, and therefore he loved us. No, he loved us. And he manifested that love in sending his son. Look, at, look with me at verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. <laughs> God manifested his love, and, and now we that are saved, we have known, we have, have believed that love. What was that love? The sending of his son. The manifestation of that love was the sending of his son to die for us. We, we know that son. We know the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe the Lord Jesus Christ came and died for me personally. Therein was the love of God manifested. And he that dwelleth in love... Are you abiding in love? Dwelleth in God. A good evidence that you're abiding in God, that you're abiding in Christ, and Christ is in you, is that you love <laughs> Yeah, I know. Some men are hard to love, aren't they? I know. I'm hard to love, aren't I? <laughs> but because I'm begotten of God, and you're begotten of God, you love me, right? I love you. Well, let's take that further. He's not talking about one another now. He said, he that loveth. Do you love some of the ungodly people that are walking the streets out here? Do you love them? Do you love them enough to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ? Verse 19, that we love him because he first Loved us. And our love for him is manifested by our love for others, for our fellow man, and especially for the household of faith. Back in our text, Taking the first part of that verse now, last, Jesus said, what? He said, I know you. He said, I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. Listen, he knows everyone sitting here this morning. 
He knows what's in all of our hearts. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I might fool you with what's in my heart. You might fool me with what's in your heart. But you're not going to fool God. God knows what your real desires and what your real passions are. He knows the very thoughts that you think. He knows whether they're thoughts of God or whether they're thoughts of the world. John chapter 2 and verse 24. He didn't need any man to tell him of man because he knew man. He knows man. Another place I think says he knows what's in man. Turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 8. In verse 17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Chapter 12 of Luke. Chapter 12 says nearly the identical. Chapter 12 and verses 2 and 3. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets, you whispered in somebody's ear or you whispered it to someone else in an inner room, shall be proclaimed upon the housetop. Why? God knows it. You're not hiding anything from God. You're not, you don't have any secrets from God. There's nothing that you can cover that God doesn't know about. Turn with me to the book of Job. The book of Job in chapter 34. We have not one of Job's friends, but this is an onlooker. Elihu. Elihu sat and, and, and he, he observed what Job's friends said and what Job said. And then he, when they're all finished, he opens his mouth. 
And he begins to rebuke them, reproach them for their self-righteousness. He says here in verse 21, For his eyes, God's eyes, are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. You see? You can't hide anything from God. He knows it all. The book of the book of Proverbs in the fifth chapter, just about, just about identical to what is spoken here in, in, the, work, in the book of Job, uh, Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 21, said, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth, he considereth all his Goings. <laughs> I think it's the psalmist said, He knoweth the way that I go. He knoweth the path that I take. You see, those things we might keep secret from men. Those things we might hide from men, but we're not hiding them from God. Look what is said in the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah in chapter 2, in verse 22. Think about this. Jeremiah 2.22, For though thou washed thee with nitre, that is not nitre such as makes gunpowder, that is nitre such as a, a cleansing agent, such as lye soap. Though the, you wash yourself with nitre and take thee much soap, Yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. <laughs> You've heard of men going to wash up their, their life, they're going to clean up their life, and, and they're going to start living right? You might all do it. You might be able to do all that. You might be able to reform yourself outwardly so that you look like a pretty good individual. But see, that's not the problem. The problem is the heart. The seed of your passions, the seed of your desires. And you can't reform that. God knows that heart. God knows your heart better than you do, better than I do. Turn with me, the, that is my own heart, <laughs> the 16th chapter with Jeremiah. 
Look at verse 17. For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face. Neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. Ezekiel. Ezekiel was to proclaim the word of the Lord. And look what God told Ezekiel to say in the 11th chapter. The 11th chapter in verse 5. And the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and said unto me, Speak. Thus saith the Lord. Thus have ye said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. I know, I know the things that come into your mind, the things that come in there, the, your mental inclinations, your purposes. Remember, remember what the psalmist said in the book of Psalms, chapter 139? In case you have forgotten or weren't aware of it at all, the psalmist was made to know this. In verse 1 of chapter 139, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. <laughs> Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising. You know when I sit down, you know when I get up. When I take my rest, when I take my rest from serving you and, and when I get up to serve you or get up to pursue my own ambitions. You know it all, he says. Thou understandest my thought afar off. That afar off is abroad. When we say something is abroad, what do we mean it is? It hasn't yet come. It's yet abroad. It's abroad the ocean. He knows Every thought that I haven't yet thought, that he knows every thought that is going to come to my mind that I am going to think. Is that not sobering? You see, there's nothing that we can hide from him. Verse 3. Thou compass me, my path. That is, you encircle, you encircle me. And my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. <laughs> 
There's not a, a word that I'm about to speak. There's not a word that I don't even know I'm going to speak it. He knows it. And he knows whether it's good or bad. Turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. This is the conclusion, the conclusion of the whole matter. Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. Verse 13, he says, let us, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. God knows it all. He knows whether we are righteous. Not righteous in ourselves, but righteous. Whether we have the righteousness of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or he knows whether we're just a false professor. And there are many false professors. They profess to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But in their heart and in their life, they know him not. And Jesus said an evidence of whether you know me or not is found in John chapter 14 and verse 15. Do you love me? If you love me, keep my commandments, he said. Do you love God? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you yet one of those men, as those Jews, who love not God? For they have not the love of God in them. Shall we stand?